0: Jumping straight into today's episode guys, we have a very very long and um, big episode planned for you But let's jump into the first section of today's video We're gonna go ahead and create a bit of a ground start for Shaba And go ahead and integrate into the other sections But for the first question on the show, that will be asked all our guests How did you discover reselling and buying?
1: It? it was back in like 2014, 2015 when I was actually playing Call of Duty And uh, my cousin was telling me about these shoes that he just got And I was I didn't think they were anything like special or whatever um, so I started Googling just like what they were, cause he was making such like a big deal about, it. and after seeing like all these different types of Jordans, like they had Jordan one, Jordan two, and all, like all these different colorways for each one, I just got really interested. And from there, I just really, uh, started following all these pages on Instagram and I just saw like, okay, these shoes are dropping for 160 and they're reselling for a ton. And then I started, uh, looking at like the in stores, like the foot sites and all that, uh, such as like full locker champs and all those, I saw they had like these raffles and I just started going through these raffles and the first like few times I started going for shoes, I kept on like losing. I thought they were like rigged where like nobody ever wins. And after that, I just started like winning all these raffles and I was reselling on eBay. And I guess it just like started from there. And then I started getting onto online stuff. Uh botting wasn't anything that I was uh really big into when I first started. It was uh within like the last few years I would say I really started getting into the botting, especially Supreme. Uh Shopify wasn't really anything that uh, I was really that involved with it was more supreme and then um, I kind of just went off from there and just started just helping people so that's uh, I guess how, how I got into reselling
0: yeah so that's really interesting and it's kind of typical for most people that do come on the show they do say that like a friend goes out and recommends or shows them this little mini culture and i feel like a lot of people flock towards it because it's a lot of money inside whilst maintaining a type of community aspect and some may say that the more knowledge you have about this industry the more money you will make so it's really interesting to see you first developed your manual reselling knowledge and then only recently in the past couple of years you got into botting and specifically supreme which is one of the sections on today's episode so it's really interesting to see how you integrate into both moving on to the next question why was reselling something you wanted to pursue
1: when i first saw like how much money i guess you can make off reselling these shoes um at the time i was actually pretty young and i didn't have that much money so i actually asked my parents for like 200 loan or whatever and i was just like telling them like there's like really no risk like i can get these shoes off of let's say um like a foot site and if I don't, like if I'm not able to resell, because at the time there wasn't all these tools like to see um, how much shoes we would resell for if they're um, in demand or whatever. So I kind of like just bought them just like on a limb. And if they didn't resell, I could just go return and get all my money back. So they're, in my mind, like at the time, it was like a no risk, I guess, opportunity and after that i just like started getting like really big into it i would just like always like every saturday at like 10 or whatever i would just like be on the site refreshing trying to get it um sometimes i would take l sometimes i would walk away with three or so um manual so it was just i guess just like the hype of like making like let's say 50 bucks at the time which was a lot because like at the start all i started with was 20 dollars that my parents gave me or 200 dollars that my parents gave me and went up from there just all this accumulation of money that I got at such a young age that really made me drive for it.
0: Yeah, I definitely do agree there. Personally, that was one of the motivating factors behind me continuing to resell, and a lot of guests do say that a lot of people in the community can say that it's a very money-focused community and obviously there's positives and negatives to that, but the overall positives is that you're growing your finances, you can go out and do certain stuff in your life. Especially at a young age when you're making $60, like a $60 at a young age is like a video game, like usually that would take a little bit of money to save up for. So if you're making that money on a consistent basis on loads of pairs, you're kind of free to do what you want and you can kind of create this element of independence from a young age. So it's really, really nice to see. Well, guys, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Chaba represents Tidal, Tsunami, and f So the first section of today's premiere, if you guys are watching on Spotify, the first section of today's episode is Tidal. Tidal is a marketplace, arguably, debatably, the biggest marketplace at the moment. So let's jump straight into today's section. Where did the name Tidal come from?
1: When I first started, uh, like within the Discord community, I actually uh, started with Shafadar, and we had like this extension thing. And there was this one guy, um, his name is Fly Nation, and he used to do our bot tutorials. And on the um, on his like bot tutorials and like on his like YouTube page, like all these different things he used to do. He always used to say, uh, this is the wave, man, this is the wave. And I was like, that's like such a catchy like thing to say, like, that's the wave. So I actually made um my first like open like uh, cook group, I could say, I guess you could say it's like a free group, and it was called the wave. And from there, I just, I guess I just kept it with, like, the water theme, and that's how I got uh, Tsunami, and then from there I got titles. So I guess it was just, like, all these, like, uh, things that trickled off each other where it started with this free group, and then it went uh, to the paid group, which is Tsunami, and then the title. So I guess it's just, like, that common theme. I just stuck with it.
0: Yeah, I feel like people that do know you and do know your accomplishments, they have that little water element theme, and that was something I was kind of interested about. And I didn't actually... Pinpointing until I actually researched you like tidal and tsunami obviously war elements very very related to each other and I kind of pinpointed that I don't think a lot of people would pay attention to that but it's really really interesting to see so and it kind of reflects your character a bit but moving on to the next question what inspired you to create a marketplace where you can buy sell and trade bots and services?
1: So when we first started uh Feather. Um, obviously, it was like in high demand because at the start, I mean, we had pretty good success, especially for this random bot uh, that just came out of nowhere. So I actually, uh, a title before it was what it was, um, it was just like a feather um, marketplace. And um, before that even, actually, I was actually a middleman on Botmart, Botmart because um, at the time, Botmart middlemen would always just like DM me, like trying to verify information or whatever. And it took up a lot of my time. So I was like, why don't I just get on uh, Botmar and just middleman feathers. And I saw that like there were so many times that I was just like continuously just doing all these ticks for Feather, like one after another. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make my own uh server and I'm just going to do like a want to sell Feather and want to buy Feather. And I got the idea from um WAP actually because WAP used to have that. And so I, I kind of like copied what his idea was. So I just made that and I was just like middlemaning just only Feather. And after a while, I was like, this is actually like something that like it's actually pretty cool. Like there's like, uh more where they have all these want to sell and want to buy uh, channels why don't i just like target it so there's specific channels and that's how um i guess the current format if you've seen it where i have where you have every single buyer says want to sell want to buy want to rent out Like every single one is uh targeted for like the most popular bots and that was kind of just like starting from like the feather thing and just like expanding out and just like i guess making it like expand i don't know how to explain it it's just like it's so much more organized. I know, like a lot of people who are in title, like they just really like the format. I understand that BotMart, um, I guess adopted the format too, and just people just like just love it, just like because not everything is getting spammed into one. You can just see the stuff that you want to see, and you can ignore the rest.
0: Yeah, my personal opinion about Tidal is that it's very very organized it's really easy to navigate through if like i'm a new user or i've actually had experiences in the past where new people come to me in the community and they're like what bot do you actually recommend me to buy so for supreme and i'd say like adept or f3 or whatever but it's popping at the time with the most consistent success based on his region then literally i would just send them an invite to Tidal they'd go to the section it's really easy to find but experienced users and uh, regular users. So I definitely, definitely think that marketplaces should adopt this kind of mentality and organization skill of segregating one to sell and one to buy per pot just because it's a lot more neat and a lot more organized. But moving on to the next question, when creating something this big with this many users, thousands of users within the group, what were some of the hardships you faced in the beginning of creating title?
1: I think uh, in the beginning, um, a lot of the hardships and like, it was just like, I guess, A lot of my time, I guess, went into it also because, like, at the time, uh, we only had, like, two or three middlemen, and we were actually getting uh, quite a few uh, transactions for our size, more than uh, many of the marketplaces that are, are like, three or four thousand. We were actually getting uh, quite a few tickets, so we were actually... uh, Always being busy with that, so I kind of took my time away from other things. So that's why I kind of added more middlemen, and as I made more middlemen, the response times were faster, and that's kind of what made it grow so fast. Also, I had um, constant dedication to like promotions for. So uh, many bots were also uh, shouting us uh, out with invite links. So um, I did. A ton with feather because at the time it was in such a high demand i was getting tons of invites through that so it's just a lot of time management that was taken away for building it but now i'm kind of focusing away from title where i have like people on payroll where they're kind of like managing it and helping me with that so at the at the beginning it was a lot all me but now i'm kind of like giving it to other people slowly
0: yeah i think at the beginning it was a lot to sell because it's a very unique idea it takes a lot of planning a lot of organization but I feel like Tidal is at a point where it has all the chance for all the big bots. And if not a big bot comes along, it's literally just a process of adding a new category. And, uh, but in one to sell, winter to buy, people can go in there and do the necessary things. You've got a whole team of ticket middlemen. I've personally used Tidal for a lot of my transactions. They're always active. They're always ready. They're very experienced with what to do. They have certain requirements per ticket, so it's really all organized. So I feel like that is a very, very good thing for you to like take time away from Tidal focus on tsunami focus on f3 and if you have people in place to manage title and still maintain its grip then obviously that is very very good as well moving on to the next question when you created Tidal, title what were some of the advantages you saw for yourself
1: i think a lot of the advantages that originally that i kind of saw in that i, I was getting a lot closer to a lot of these uh, devs of these bots so i could ask them kind of like for some favors or whatever if it's like giveaways or group buys like i kind of like was kind of getting more involved with like outside the community than just like with what I was involved with. And I allowed me, allowed me to like to network a lot. And if you ask any of the middlemen also, like they'll tell you like, cause they're always talking to the devs and all that about whatever. And just like the overall connection, just working with title is just so rewarding. Like you get to know so many people, if it's group owners, if it's uh bot devs, it's just overall, it's a great experience. It keeps you on your toes and it just makes you really aware of what's going on like in the community. Like, if you're not, like, really involved with, like, the backgrounds, like, a middlemanning and moderating, like, title, like, you have no idea really what's going on. Like, there's so many things that um, all these bot companies and groups are doing that, like, a lot of, like, the average people in this community have no idea about
0: yeah connections in this community is definitely one of the things that i've slowly developed over my time creating the bot talk and kind of developing my name and i definitely can agree with you there connections in this community do get you the most far obviously there is uh favors that do come with that and that's very very nice like obviously if a bot dev or a group one is going to give you a favor and try to help you out then obviously that's really nice but those connections and maintaining those friendships so to say it's very very good to help you in your future ventures and overall just help you in the community but moving on to the next question flipping the coin what are some of the disadvantages you face when creating title
1: so some of the disadvantages that um i faced was just like a lot of like the scams that happen uh, we can't stop them all last time i checked there's around uh 90 transactions or so in title a day and being able to we were able to stop most of the scams and safely do um all the transactions but there's always like one or two that slip away uh, once every other week or month or whatever it is and um, if that happens, like I try to work with the seller maybe to um, help them with like a chargeback if that's um, an option or uh, talk to the bot devs. And if that doesn't happen, then um, I actually end up reimbursing them for whatever they pay for the bot. And that actually happened recently with a key where um, the seller unbound and we bound it to a middleman and then we bound it back to the buyer. And somehow it got uh like messed up with like the thing and the buyer actually ended up losing it a few days later. So I end up having to reimburse that person. And that's why um, I kind of created the $3 uh, membership every three months uh, because I kind of have a set, uh set like pot, I guess you can call it on the side where if something like this happens, I just take it out of that and I reimburse the person. So it's not coming out of my personal money. So it's kind of like a, like a reputation that we have. Like if something's going to happen, we're paying a middleman fee. We're not going to just say, Oh, that's it. Sorry. We tried all we can. Like I'm gonna try to help you as much as we can. And I work um a lot with Sneaky and Beefman uh, from Botmart a ton. Like we talk all the time and they're a great team and I guess with a title in Botmart, I guess you can kinda call it a little partnership where we just bounce information back and forth and we're able to uh, like communicate and get a lot of information for each other.
0: Picking up you onto that, like you said before, connections are very underrated. Thing this community is something to maintain on If you didn't have that connection with Beef and Sneaky, then you wouldn't be able to bounce information off each other. And arguably, Tidal wouldn't be as successful as it is in maintaining this kind of 99% safe transaction rate. And obviously, there are some slip-ups here and there. But like you said, you do talk to bot devs. You do try to charge back the transaction in the right way. And if that doesn't work, you have a reserve pot through the membership money to go ahead and rebirth so i think that's a very very commendable thing to notice moving on to the final question for the title section of today's episode have you ever considered creating a website for title to allow users to sell buy services and buy bot online instantly right
1: now i don't think uh something i'm planning on doing the discord um i like the human interactions a lot of the members like that too i mean if they want that automated uh system they have uh Bob broker uh but broker is a great website they have a great idea uh, there are a few things that are wrong with it. There are some loopholes that uh, be, it needs to be sorted out. But overall, I mean, the concept, everything is a great concept. And I think what they have going for them is great. I do commend them for that because that is an idea that I did have. And I was trying to get devs to do it before they even announced it. And just like the cost and all that wasn't where I was uh, willing to spend it on. But what they were able to do with that is just like a great thing. And if they want a website, if people want to like deal with the website and all that, they all, they always have that resource. But as far as like the human human interaction, all that, people love that. People like talking like within the ticket, like seeing how their day are or how their day is and all that within the ticket while a middleman is checking their key or whatever the uh, deal is. So I think just keeping that there, is something that's going to really allow us to grow more, and if they don't like that, then they have other resources.
0: Yeah, touching on your point, that I feel like talking with millermans does create this type of reputation with the business, and it kind of recommends people to go there because I feel like if myself, if I was talking to someone of a millerman and I was saying, oh, "How's your day going?" and he kind of created this really easy experience for me, and he showed me how to use the dashboard for a bot or a group. I'd 100% go back there versus going to a website. That's nothing to knock Bot Broker. Bot Broker, was like you said, is an exceptional service. There are a couple of things that need to work on, but it's a very, very good idea. And like, if I didn't want to deal with someone, I'd definitely go to the website and check out because I think it's definitely two different things. It's whether you want to deal with someone and know the seller and know the middleman or you simply just want to put the money in and get your bot and get it sent to you. So it's definitely kind of two different worlds and it just depends on the situation the key and the market circulation for the key and the worth of it maybe it's cheaper on bot broker maybe it's cheaper in title whichever you want to go for you're very very two good alternatives in the community to end this section of today's episode we are going to release a Tidal coupon code you guys want to head to a link on screen it will be down below go down below in the description it will be called Tidal click on the link if you guys want to buy a membership to join Tidal it's a group we've just been talking about you can go ahead and buy and sell your bots and services very very easily you can be handled by a very very talented middleman group obviously Shaba does own and represent this group as well so all you guys want to do is go ahead and buy a membership and use code the Bot Talk. it's on the screen right now no capitalization at checkout it's a shopify checkout so once you use that the coupon will activate and you will get a cheaper membership jumping into the second section of today's episode we have tsunami tsunami is one of the biggest groups in the community we're going to go ahead and dissect tsunami go jump into it for the second section of today's episode so where did the name tsunami come from
1: so um as i said earlier like uh we i had this free group where it was called the wave and i just kind of like that water theme and from there um I actually uh name tsunami the wave part two and that was during like our like uh i guess trial thing was like for a week or so and i told people if you can come up with like a cool name i'll give you a free month or whatever it was and all these names came in and actually tsunami came in like 10 times and like i was like damn like i have to do this one so i guess it was just from like member participation they kind of gave me that uh, drive to go for like the same water theme and then from there i just like decided on my own for title so
0: Yeah, I definitely do agree that type of war element. When I was researching you, it was very very interesting, and I feel like that just reflects some of your past because all those names have a tangible history period you can go and talk about, and it's very very nice to look upon. Moving on to the next question: Where did the motivation come from behind creating a group?
1: Originally, I was actually uh, so like I said about that uh, free cook group kind of thing. I was actually uh, I used to do group buys, and I used to take like a commission thing from them, and. This guy actually came up to me before I even knew what a cook like the paid ones were. And the guy came up to me and he told me, Hey, uh, do you want to host like a group buy for me for my group? And I was like, What do you mean like a group? Like what is this? And he was like, tell me all the features about how they they offer monitors and they offer like all this, like just all these different uh things that are way different than what we offer now. Like it's just, it's just crazy the amount of information that we've expanded to. But it gave me, like, just the idea of, like, okay, this guy's charging, like, $15, $20 a month for this information I could provide. This is, like, nothing. I'm offering this for free to people. So I guess I went through the trial, and I kind of, like, kind of taken features out of the free one, and I kind of just started putting them into the paid one. And slowly, um, I guess we went from there, and I started the group at uh, $25 a month. And uh, I still have, like, a few members from, like, the original thing. And just, like, it's crazy. Like, these people stuck with me for when i didn't have anybody to um where it's at now so i guess all these other groups that were starting just gave me the idea and i just like went from there
0: yeah i definitely do think that if you have the knowledge and you are be providing for free and you see a type of business venture there it's very very good and personally i think tsunami has helped its growth with a free and title and all three sections have kind of helped each other grow and created this like lesion of businesses that you own so i definitely think creating tsunami was a very very good idea moving on to the next question obviously when creating tsunami it's a big business it's a lot of things a lot of moving parts what were some of the difficulties you first faced with when creating it
1: uh i guess when i first started tsunami i mean a lot of the stuff i was doing in the free group i was um doing in the paid one so it wasn't uh i guess that big of a difference for me I, it did take me it took a lot of time from me um, before, um, when I started Tsunami, Feather wasn't actually, like, public yet. It was still being developed, and so I didn't have that much time dedicated to Feather. Um, but a, a lot of it was going to Chef Adar, um because I was still with him at the time, and uh, we were working on his extension, so I was doing support. I was doing cures. I was doing everything for him at the time. We had, like, a huge group. It was, like, 2,000 members at the time. That was, like, huge. Like, there was the community wasn't, like, as big as it is now. 2,000 at that time was, like, crazy. So I was kind of managing between uh, that and the cook group and because I was, it was just between like me, um, Salty, which was one of my guys who works on uh, Feather now and uh, I guess one other staff member and we were just running the whole group ourselves and doing support, site lists, everything. So we were just like, it was funny.
0: Yeah, I definitely do think time management is one of those things people tend to struggle with because when I create all these projects and it ends up taking up a lot of time and time allocation, as well as balancing it with your personal life, is definitely something to work on. I think every entrepreneur kind of disclose that in their own drought. They kind of see all the downsides and the positives and they kind of create a balance. It's very nice to see that you've honestly created that balance. But obviously the early days of every project is very hectic, so it's nice for people to know that. Moving on to the next question. Did you see any immediate benefits when creating Tsunami?
1: Um, no, not at all really because um, at the time it actually cost me a lot of money and I uh, was actually uh, going negative every month for I think it was like close to like 11 months straight where I was just like just constantly dumping more money into it more like more money on monitors more money on staff and all this like I I would never allow a staff member to work for free and I was like one of my uh like my models I guess I I would say because I know like a lot of these groups even now like the big ones they um they don't pay their staff which is uh something that really troubles me and that's something that allows me to keep my staff like sometimes like like there's these staff members who sometimes I have to like go and they just beg me like no I can't like please like I'll work hard or whatever because like they know like I pay them I pay them always on time it's always on the first of the month like it's just like something that I always, something I always stuck to so that was something that also hurt me at the same time because I always had that idea where nobody's going to work for free but at the same time I was not making any money at all so um, it did take a lot of time to see like initial benefits of creating it but um, after a while like it's really started to uh, kick in with the popularity and with the more advanced features that uh, we added to it.
0: Yeah, I do think that some entrepreneurs within the community, if they don't see uh, an immediate turnover or they break even, they tend to dip out the project. But it's really, really nice to see and really inspiring to see that for an extended period of time, nearly a year, 11 months, you were going negative and you still pursued and you were persistent with it and you created this big group, so it's very commendable of you to do. Moving on to the next question. Due to people knowing your affiliation with Efri, how did people respond when you were making a group?
1: My affiliation with Feather didn't really uh, affect uh, Tsunami that much because at the time it was being developed. I don't think that many people uh, knew what Feather was, but it was more of Chef that really uh, helped me a lot because they already knew who, who I was, what um, I stood for, like my work ethic. So it allowed me to gain members and followers and just like this demand for it um, a lot faster than many of the groups that were being created at the time. So um, I think just being able to like, if, if you have like something going, people already know you, I feel like it's just so much easier than people who are just new to the game where nobody knows who they are. It's just a completely different uh, task.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like there's this element of when you see a reputable person or someone you've seen on the timeline before creating a project, you're more inclined to invest money on best time, on best given interest into this thing because you actually know them. You kind of know the bit of their personality that they portray on the timeline and you kind of create understanding versus some random person with 20 followers that you've never heard of before. I know that kind of sounds harsh, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like the customer kind of trusts you. So I feel like creating those connections early on did really benefit you.
1: Yeah, they have something to base like past projects on if they were successful or not.
0: Moving on to the next question. At this current point, in your personal life, your financial gain, or overall, what were the positives of creating this group
1: so a lot of the positives that i've seen from the group um wasn't just uh, about making money but more of like the com- community that we've created a lot of um the guys that are in there uh see the group as like a family more than just something they pay x amount of money to monthly um it's just like a lot of the guys just they always talk in there they're always joking around um if you ask any of the guys like is there like another group that has like a uh activity and uh communication like the way we do it a lot of them will tell you no like there's something that tsunami has that's unique to it and um i take a lot of pride into that and we actually made a separate channel um for like those guys that like are really close to each other it's about like i would have to say like around 50 or so of them and they just all just like just like joke around whatever like it's, it's like an unmoderated they do whatever they do and it's just like a good time like people just enjoy being in tsunami and talking there and slowly we just keep adding more people who are active and who always like are involved with the group so it's just something that i like and that just like the other guys like too
0: yeah i can definitely see how that's a positive and it's really nice to see that you're creating this like family community aspect within the group and that kind of represents nicely because if let's say the group goes under fire in the future those individuals can go on and defend the groups. It's always nice to see that your customer base is very, very attached to the company. And that overall just makes it a lot more easier to run and a lot more positive to run. But flipping the coin, what are some of the negatives of creating this group?
1: Just the high cost. Like it's it, the amount, Like a lot of people don't understand, um, I guess, the amount of money that it would take to create a group as well as the amount of time. The amount of time that it takes to organize everything between drops and um group buys and just uh everything that it takes to just like to run a group is just crazy crazy expensive crazy amount of time they get that's involved in it's kind of sad with like a lot of guys that are um i guess in groups and bots like i see it all the time with just different uh different things where um let's think about like um like flops like a complete drop like everybody will drop like an L in the chat I know it happens a few times in feather where it's like the worst feeling in the world especially like if you're a group owner and people say oh I haven't copped or whatever like let's like figure out what's going on like don't just be like like rude or whatever about it there's something that maybe you're doing wrong that we can um, expand upon so that's something that um, I see that um, it's like one of the worst feelings where you put all this time you put all this money into it and then people still complain or they're rude about
0: Yeah, I definitely do think there is a bit of a toxic element within the community. And that kind of relates back to the beginning when I mentioned where this is a money-focused community. People are striving for money. People want a lot more money than they originally have. They put money in to get money out. So I feel like when that doesn't go to plan, people try to create this whole negative attitude to it. And I see groups take acts... Was that like moving general charts during drops, which obviously are certain techniques to avoid that. But I feel like the community is kind of the way it is, so it, that is something to pay attention to. And I feel like all bot owners and group owners should uh, try to maintain like a healthy aspect because obviously you can't get to you. And bot owners and group owners that have came on the episodes before. Have said that it kind of gets to them when obviously something out of their control happens and users don't cook because at the end of the day it's their product. So when some stuff like this happens, it's always good for the member just to maintain that kind of normal attitude or positive attitude because obviously you win some, you lose some. That's just kind of how it goes. Touching on something you said there, you did say that you need a lot of people to run this group and you have a lot of staff members. What are some of the, what are some of the skills or characteristics you look for in someone when recruiting staff members?
1: One of the big ones is past experience. I know a lot of guys uh, message me all the time saying, "Hey, I want to like be a moderator, staff, or support or whatever for Tsunami. I'm like, "Okay, like, what do you have to offer?" Like, first, I like the first thing I ask, like, "What groups do you work for? What have you worked for in the past?" And like, different stuff like that. And a lot of the guys say, "I haven't worked for anybody. Um, I have no past experience," and that's something that really turns me off because you're trying to jump into something that you really don't understand. And with a group being as big as mine. Um, it's something that uh, I want to be able to put you in like a situation and then you're able to do it yourselves. Cause I do have like a lot of things that I'm doing as well. And somebody, I, I can't have somebody who's c- completely dependent on me telling them what to do. I want to be kind of be independent and just be able to work and uh, work with the other staff members as well. It's something that um, I kind of look forward to somebody who's able to put in a lot of time. And if they do, then they get a lot out of it.
0: Yeah, I feel like experienced uh, individuals that kind of know how these groups go is definitely needed for big groups because they need to know how it goes and need to know the criticism they might receive or the, or the feedback they might receive after they drop. So having that past experience is definitely something that is needed. But moving on to the next question, what are some of the responsibilities that come with owning a group?
1: I guess uh, just being able to make sure that everybody feels like um, they're benefiting in some type of way, as well as making sure that the community is safe and like... um isn't uh i guess toxic in a way where um i know like a lot of members will um might get like a little bit uh just like uh i guess have like bad language and stuff like that where a lot of members will get turned off by that and may actually end up canceling the membership because of that so i try to make sure that the environment like the chats and all that are like a good uh good environment and they're happy they're enjoyable and everybody's like welcoming each other and they're able to like to pr- participate and not be criticized like um I know that at one point there was um, actually a member who asked a question and one of the other members like made fun of him. Like, why are you like asking such like a basic question like that or whatever? And I actually got really mad. I actually terminated his membership just because he was just being so rude. So I just feel like being able to have like a good community where everybody feels like they're welcome to everything. is just something that that I feel responsible for. And if they don't, then it's something that I did wrong.
0: Yeah, I definitely do think new consumers and new people that come into this market are definitely looking for groups that welcome uh, new people with opening arms. I feel like uh, it comes with certain bots and certain groups. I'm not going to name names, but there are certain bots groups that have this type of mentality where if you're asking watched questions, you will immediately be cancelled. You'll just be completely ignored and made uh, fun of because people expect you to know everything about botting. But botting is one of those things where it's... You learn as you go. It's not something you get given a handbook, you go study it for a couple hours and you know what you're doing. Experience does lead to knowledge and I feel like the longer you've been in this game, the more you learn. So when new people come in, it's definitely, definitely good to uh, welcome their opening arms and go ahead and help them just because it makes it a lot easier. Moving on to the next question, how do you balance owning Tsunami whilst owning f and how does this affect your personal life?
1: I guess it takes a lot of time out of my day. I actually am a full-time student Uh, I do Tsunami, I do Feather, I do Title. So um, between everything, just like the amount of time I sleep is very minimal. Like I know last week, um, I actually had finals weekend. Between balancing everything, I think I slept like six hours in like three days or something. There's like something ridiculous like that. Like at the end of like my finals, my eyes were just like throbbing because how I guess tired I was. So I guess like between like stress and like sleep, like it's crazy. And I I really don't know how I manage it. This day, but I feel like uh, start, starting out slow with uh, start doing Chefadar and doing uh, Tsunami in the beginning really helped me uh, a little bit with the time management because I was at school at that time too. And as I built like the brands up more and more, I was able to, I guess, slowly like balance it even better. So definitely uh, between that, but it definitely is a lot no matter what.
0: Yeah, I feel like any bot owner or group owner can comment to that where like time management is definitely one thing they have to work on. And I feel like there's only X amount of hours in a day. Everyone says when you're doing stuff like this, there needs to be more hours a day, more days in a week just to do things because these things take up a lot of time. You're managing servers with thousands of users, with every single user having an expectation to see information, see guides. Obviously, that takes up a lot of your personal life. But I feel like there is a trade-off with this. We've talked about this in previous episodes before. If you're wanting to create the success and create this money, then there is a bit of a trade-off to play with. But I feel like it kind of clashes with your personal life sometimes. It's always good To take a break and also create that balance, so it's nice to hear that obviously, with certain periods of time, you're really busy, but in other periods of time, you kind of calm it down and allocate responsibility to other users when you can. But moving on to the final question about Tsunami what are some of the things that members have in store for them in the future in Tsunami?
1: So, uh, right now, like, um, a lot of you guys know that uh, we have the Tsunami tool where uh, we have like a bunch of features like uh, a Shopify account generator. Um, shopify bypass like account generators premium store a proxy generator and stuff like that and we're doing like a whole new rewrite it's gonna be uh like a 1.0 version of it and it's gonna just be completely different we're gonna have so much more we have raffles we're gonna have um, a bunch of other stuff that we're actually surprising the members with uh, we haven't announced it yet but some big stuff that uh really should make a uh, the group go up and make it just like one of those like things that just like really define the group so hopefully that's going to be out before uh the end of this month one of the big things is definitely the tsunami tool we just added uh, a ton of monitors we have like three full package monitors that i'm paying like almost three thousand dollars a month for so i feel like the members are uh, really like those like the amount of like information from these monitors and all this different stuff that I've just been dumping in the last month is crazy.
0: So, if you guys are wanted to join Tsunami based on the information you just seen, if you guys are already in there, then that's amazing. You guys have got a lot of pump for you guys. However, if you guys want to join, we're going to do a restock in the episode. It's the second part of today's episode. So within the next minute or so, I will put a link on screen. There will be a silence after this part. I will go ahead and let you guys go for the restock. It is a limited amount. You have to be very, very quick. And then after the restock, I will do a two-minute little break. So if you guys want to go get a drink or something, after the restock, you guys can chill. I will be in the chat, so do not go anywhere. We have the final section with F3. So guys, if you guys managed to be successful on that Tsunami release, that go ahead and tweet us at Tsunami at talk. we we'll are go to and retweet everything. If you guys are in the chat right now, and you guys didn't manage to secure a W, we have something in store for the end of the episode, guys. So continue watching. Drop a like if you guys haven't already, and subscribe if you guys are new. We're jumping straight into the final section of today's episode. How did you go from the point of reselling and botting to starting at free?
1: Um, I guess uh, it first started with, I guess, Sh- Shafidar, and I was doing his ban and all the talented. About um, Zekron, who's actually the developer of uh, Feather. And he was telling about how he has this, because at the time, Feather was actually um, like his personal bot for EU. And we kind of like, he kind of shaped it so we can go public with it. And um while he was working on that he was telling me about like everything he does and like how fast so it was like he was showing me like the monitor and how fast it was picking up projects and stuff and i was just like wow this is crazy because i was going from an extension where it was just going through like the browser and clicking on stuff to this full request uh bot which was just it was just crazy at the time so from there i was telling him like look how much i built this uh this bot up i can do the same thing for you and then um He said, "Okay, let's do it." And then I started uh, promoting uh, Feather on Twitter, and just like I think within like the first like two or three weeks, we already had like seven thousand followers or something crazy. So it's something that just like blew up out of nowhere, and we just kept on going with it. And now we're like the biggest, uh, one of the biggest Supreme bots that are on social media
0: yeah i definitely can agree with that i feel like we've talked about this before when you have a reputable name in the community and you have a following from before people see your next project and go and invest their following into it and their interest so it's really nice to see f3 got that big boost at the beginning kind of act as a catalyst to the rest of its growth and creating its name within the community so moving on to the next question where did the name f3 come from
1: so um actually it was one day i was actually uh in my uh kitchen i was uh starting i was listening to music at the same time and i don't know if you remember if you went on the myspace restock uh they actually had to listen to a song and uh figure out what the word that was in the song and um the song at the time was birds by migos and it was talking about just like all these like bird like theme things and that's where i came over with the word feather and i like i sent a dm to zekron and i was like how do you like how do you feel about the word feather it was like random as it was so random like why feather and we were just like playing with the name and in his name it actually goes z3k and that's how we got the three from and feather from his name and he's like i don't know how i feel about this so then i just was like screw that i'm I'm just gonna just make the logo so i dm this guy was like can you make a logo for me like just have like f3 and like a feather in the background and he shot me a dm the next day and it was that i sent to him he's like yeah this is a pretty good logo so we'll just stick with the name so That's how we came up with the name, which is like something random. And he didn't even like it at first. And I was just like, we need to do this anyways.
0: Yeah, I feel like choosing a name for a product is very, very important. Those kind of random words uh, with random meanings from random stories, like you said, like a song, does kind of accumulate to creating this big name that people are going to remember. So making it catchy, making it able to roll off the tongue very well is definitely important when creating a name. But moving on to the next question, what were the beginning days of every like for all the users
1: for all the users i mean it was definitely uh for well for me it was a pretty high demand because i was only support so um i guess for the users they were just and they would just hear this one guy just keep telling them the answers so it's just like crazy like if you look at bot bot companies now like you see like 10 support staff and at the time we had like i don't know four or five hundred members at the start and um, I was just like answering everybody's question, like, no, we had no support bot or anything, just a support channel and a chat and that's it. And I was just like, they would ask me something. I was like a bot. I would just respond back so fast. I was like, I knew what they were asking before they even asked. So, so it was just something like that, where it was just like constant demand. Um, they would just hear like this one person talk and just like, I guess it was like more close knit because they didn't have like all these people to go to for resources. They just had like me where I was just like helping everybody at the same time. So definitely uh something different than what you see in uh, most bank companies now
0: yeah i can actually resonate with that when i was working for adept it was literally me and another support member he kind of came late in the week when i was recruited but literally i was just answering everyone's questions and you kind of create this rhythm and it's kind of weird i've talked to a couple of support members on episodes and i don't know if you felt like this but i kind of felt a bit of um, satisfaction from uh, filling the knowledge gap with certain people if they didn't know how to run tasks in a certain way if they, not, if they didn't know how to prepare for a certain site like and stuff like that i felt like informing them and teaching them how to use the bot was very satisfying because when you see them post success in your success time you're like okay i taught them how to do that and they went ahead and made like x amount of dollars so it's very very satisfying to see
1: it was crazy when uh when we had our first successful day like it was just like crazy to see all the success and just like really no better feeling from somebody like in my position or any other, the devs, I, I guarantee they would agree with me where they would say, uh, seeing like their users just have so much success and being so joyful um, is one of the best feelings. And it, there's literally like an inverse. If everybody flops, they become like the worst people to deal with. They just complain and just like, it's one of the worst feelings.
0: With that being said, moving on to the next question, what was some of the valuable things you've learned from running F3?
1: Definitely uh, time management is a good one. Um, another thing is just knowing, or just not assuming everybody knows the answer to everything. I guess doing like all these bot things is something definitely different from what most people are used to, where you're running tasks, uh, what keywords are, what delays are, how delays work. Like most of the people who first come to the community have never used like millisecond time. Like whenever you ever use that, you use like whole time, like one second, not 1000 milliseconds. So it's definitely something people have to adjust. And when I first started, I just assumed people knew what they were doing, and I just had to kind of adjust to that where, okay, this guy's probably new, he doesn't know what he's doing, and we have to, like, slowly just, like, kind of work with him and show him what to do. So it's definitely something that um I've learned not just to assume that everybody knows to really uh, – work with them
0: yeah i feel like some users do come across like they know a lot of things but when in reality when you actually talk to them they don't know some things and i feel like educating them kind of maximizes the success with the bot and kind of creates that uh, value for money and overall it increases the success of the bot which makes the bot look better so overall it works all around but moving on to the next question what were some of the positive things you've taken away from owning f i
1: think just being uh also like like the same thing i talked about with title just like getting connections there's like so many people that um come to you like to ask questions especially uh group owners and devs and all that it's just like so much information that you actually learn from all these people and just like collaboration and just like different stuff like that uh it's definitely something that's really rewarding and especially during like the beginning of the season when everybody wants your bot, everybody just dms you for group buys and stuff it's just crazy to just imagine how many groups there actually are like i don't like everybody talks about all these like these top ten groups, let's say whatever they are, and everybody knows who they are. But there's just so many other groups that you have no idea that are there. Like there's all these like owners and admins who DM me. I'm like, what group do you work for? And they just tell me the name. Like I never even heard of that. But like we're not doing group buys at the moment, so it's just like something crazy. It's just crazy. A lot of groups there. because I was actually looking at um the title bot the other day, and because on the on that bot it tells us how many um servers that is actually watching like like the, our like our market bot to get the market prices and all that and just like the amount of servers that's in where you would have no idea um it's just crazy like the numbers are so high i'm trying to look at it right now um it's currently in 431 servers that means 431 cook groups and whatever that's in right now that people can use like the title bot command in so that's just like a crazy amount
0: yeah, it's really interesting to see because, like, when I started the bot talk, I did get some groups DM me about giveaways and stuff like that. And also, we offer promotional episodes as well. And, like, I'd get DMs from certain groups, like, yo, we're from Wikipedia AIO, like, just random names with random yeah. letters. And I was like, not to be rude or anything, but, like, it kind of makes me understand how many groups there truly are because I'd, I've never heard of them. And I click on their profile, they've got a couple of thousand followers, and I'm just like, well I've never heard of you and you clearly got a member base otherwise you wouldn't be operating so it's really interesting to see yeah. how certain people invest money and time into other groups versus the top 10 groups so it's really interesting to see how many groups there actually are and it's obviously it is a saturated market that's just kind of how it is within sneaker buying. any new market that comes up people will try to copy the idea and try to invest and kind of create their own spin on it that's just how it is but it's really nice to see that there's loads of groups and everyone's trying to create this community aspect but moving on to the next question flipping the coin what were some of the negative things you've taken away from running at free
1: uh some of the negative things uh i guess uh getting a lot of hate especially when uh you're down when when feather's doing really good um everybody loves it everybody wants to be part of it but there are definitely times like uh two seasons ago when we were actually down for quite a while i think it was like half a season or so where we actually uh were flopping like almost every release it was crazy and um just the amount of hate and the amount of people who, like just knock you down it's just crazy it's just like one day one week you can do like crazy and cop like so much or whatever and then the next week you just flop and everybody's just like just like throws like all the stuff at like the bodge talking about how garbage it is and whatever and it's just it's crazy just like how people can switch up so fast
0: Yeah, I definitely do agree with your point that I feel like people do switch their opinion very, very fast. The next big thing comes up, they switch to that. And I feel like a lot of people need to maintain that kind of faith in the bot. And I feel like people need to maintain trust in the owners because I feel like, obviously, you guys don't want to see your bot fail. You don't want to see it being inconsistent. The last thing you want is that because obviously you're losing money, you're losing your reputation, and it kind of leads on to worse things. But I feel like people need to create that type of, consistent value to the product they're using and not sell it just because it's flopping and kind of maintain and stick with it because literally those people that sold their copies for like a $100, $150 or retail at that time when it was flopping could regret it now because the market kind of just jumped up to like $800 at one point and obviously there was a huge margin to make loads of money. Everyone knows that the F3 resale price blew up coming into this season so I feel like people regret that and it kind of gives you incentive going forward for all the viewers just to keep your bots and uh, maintain faith in them when they do have down periods moving on to the next question how do you handle times mentally and like in your space when the bot doesn't do as successful as it should or it completely flops
1: i guess a lot of the stuff that i try to do is um just like show people that um that this isn't something that's going to be permanent something will change i know um a few weeks ago, I think it was around when the phones dropped, uh we weren't doing that good and uh it took about two or three releases for us to get like fully back into it. And I told them like just before the the week uh that the update like the big update was coming, I was like, We have all this stuff coming, we have hybrid coming, we used to use this, like this is something that's gonna be uh something big for us and we're gonna have a lot of success and it was when we had like very minimal success and everybody was like just like kind of like mocking i guess like a lot of people shot in my DMs saying like oh i don't think that's going to actually work whatever and the drop came in we actually like outcooked like a lot of people so it was kind of crazy just like just having like that positive energy and just making sure everybody knows like okay we have like stuff coming we there's been times like everybody goes into uh situation where they go down like they start doing a little bit bad and then it's like, i guess it's up to the t- determination of the dev or the bot team uh to actually put the work in it and try to figure out what's going on and how to uh, fix it
0: yeah i definitely do agree with your points there and i feel like that is something that bot owners and group owners whenever unsuccessful things come their way they need to try create a type of a mindset to go into to handle all the hit but obviously users are entitled to their own opinion. They can create these opinions on things they don't know, so I feel like it's definitely good to ignore some of it sometimes and just focus on building towards back up that consistent success that these bots and groups do have. But moving on to the final question of today's episode, what are your future plans for F3 updates along that type of nature?
1: uh, Some of the future plans, uh, I can't really talk too much about. One of the 3.0, that's something that we've been planning for a pretty long time. There's always a some obstacles in the way uh, some things that uh, come up with Supreme where we actually have to do uh, do uh, bigger updates on the current version. where uh, we we do not want it just to keep flopping or whatever, cause we're working on 3.0. But um, I think a lot of things that uh, members don't understand is like if a bot's working, there's no point in making like this big 3.0 update, whatever If the bot's working, it's working. There's no point in just like adding all this other stuff to it. Um, so that's one of the things, but there's a, uh, Actually, another uh, project we're actually coming out with uh, hopefully by the end of the month. We're actually been working uh, pretty hard on it right now, and we're excited to uh, hopefully get out before the season's done and uh before some of these easy releases come. So, pretty uh excited about that.
0: Whoa, guys, I have never heard that before. I'm pretty sure none of you guys have heard that before, unless you're in the inner circle of F3. So, very, very exciting things coming. As you guys can hear it from my voice, I'm very excited for that as well. A lot of big things coming, but if you guys are sat there right now and you guys don't have F3, we have an opportunity for you guys. Shaba has given me the chance to give you guys a restock in the episode. So what I want you guys to do right now in the chat. Drop a like on today's episode. Subscribe if you guys and If you guys are watching this on Spotify. Make sure to follow. But the restock will commence within the next minute. I want you guys to type W in the chat for good luck on this. Guys, this restock will be interesting. It won't be like any other restocks in the episode so far. So be ready. Be vigilant. Good luck, guys.